Well, on Christmas morning, I hope that it has been good so far. I know if you're a kid that you've hopefully gotten some presents, I'll bet you, you like some of them, you probably could care less about others. Hopefully though, you're surrounded by people that you love and who love you back. If you're a parent, well done. You made it to the finish line, all the mayhem and craziness of getting ready for Christmas morning. And, and I'll, I'll bet for a few of you, it's been spectacular. Like just gone better than you had hoped for. But I also would bet for the majority of you, it's been crazy. Hadn't gone at all like you expected. Family drama, things falling apart, stuff not arriving in time, just all kinds of crazy. I remember last year, it was the craziest thing. On, on Christmas Eve, we found, and then again on Christmas morning, that there were thousands of spiders descending from our live Christmas tree in our living room. Never happened before. We've been getting live trees for decades. And for whatever reason, this one had eggs galore inside of it. And there were spiders coming down. On Christmas Eve, we found stuck in some of the sap from the tree, just little spider legs, thousands and thousands. It was like a horror flick. I mean, it was crazy. Everybody was freaking out. The next morning, Christmas morning, there were spiders all over the house. We thought we were gonna have to burn down the house. We really did. By God's grace, we didn't have to. We survived, but it was a, an explosion bomb, craziest Christmas ever. <laughs> maybe, maybe some of you are having a Christmas like that right now. But here's one of the things it taught me. You just never know what's coming around the corner. You don't know what's gonna happen next. Uh, almost exactly two months ago to the day, I had one of the worst injuries of my life where I, I literally severed the hamstring on my left leg from the hip bone. And, uh, and it is as painful as it sounds. And it's just crazy the way it altered my life. At the beginning of December last year, I ran a marathon. At the beginning of December this year, I couldn't even walk without crutches. Just totally unexpected, changed everything in my life. Didn't see it coming. And, and that's just one of the things you realize about life. Life has all these twists and turns that you just don't see coming sometimes. And there's some of you who are watching this right now and you've experienced that much and worse. Just didn't expect that failure to happen. Didn't expect your spouse to leave you. You didn't expect that person to pass away so quickly and they're not here this Christmas and it's breaking you. You didn't expect to lose your job. You didn't expect to have that illness. Whatever that thing is, you just didn't expect it. Life threw this curveball at you and you don't even know how to navigate it. And it just, it reminds me, our life, it's like this complicated maze that has all these twists and turns that ends up in these dead ends and you almost don't know how to make your way through it. In fact, I wanna help you understand that because I think it's gonna help you finish up this sermon series as we talk about the role of the Holy Spirit by understanding the complexity of a maze. And so if you were able to go to one of the live services these last couple of weeks, hopefully you were able to pick up one of these packets that says Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad. And you've been waiting right now to open this up because this is gonna be an interactive sermon that we're gonna have. So what you're gonna need to do is you're gonna need to get this packet and open it up and pull out the contents. Now, I wanna say this, if you were not able to get one of these packets at one of the services, totally okay. We actually have that available for you online, but you're gonna need to go ahead and pause this service just for a moment and go print these things out, one for every single person because you're gonna interact with this and you're gonna need these elements. So here's what I wanna encourage you to do. If you don't have one of these packets, go pause, go to the computer and you just go to filler.org slash Christmas, just like you see on your screen right there. And you can go to that link and you can get all the documents that you need and, uh, and then you'll come back so that you can interact with it. So go ahead and do that right now if you don't have it and get that done. All right, if you're still watching, then my assumption is you already have the packet or you went out and you printed it, one for everybody. So you can pull out the contents of that packet and you're gonna see a lot of different things in there. You'll see some stickers that are just for you to have some fun with. And then you're gonna see this crazy maze and some other things. You can put the other stuff to the side just for a moment and pull out this maze. 
Now, I'll bet you, if you're looking at this maze, your eyes are going to start getting all kind of wonky crazy because it is, it is wild and complicated. Now, I, I want to I actually ask you to do something. I want to ask you to try to solve this maze in 30 seconds. I have my friend Joel who's over here. You can't see him off the camera right now, but he's going to set a timer for 30 seconds in just a moment. And you're going to start up here on the top where it says start or inicio, and then you're going to try to make your way down to the finish. Now listen, I know people try to cheat all the time and go from the ending back because it's easier. Don't be that. I see you kid in the back. Don't be that person. <laughs> start, start from the beginning and try to work your way through. I'm going to do it too. So Joel is going to set a timer for 30 seconds and we're all going to try. Hopefully you have a pen. If you don't have a pen, go get a pen because you're going to need to do it. I don't want you to like to air solve it. I want you to try to solve it with a pen. Okay, ready, Joel, and go ahead and start the timer now. All right, here we go. Now, I don't know how it is for you, um, but I have already made one wrong turn. And I'm going to come up to the top. Joel, how much time do we have left? 15 seconds. We have 15 seconds, he says. Keep going. All right. Um, I'm somewhere. Uh, dead end. Dang, that's hard. Coming around through the side. Making progress about halfway there, maybe. Going back. Okay, that's it. Time's over. <laughs> I don't know how you did. Uh, I got that far right there. Didn't make it very far. My guess is you didn't solve it in the 30 seconds. Now, I know what you're saying. Okay, Jason, if you just give me a little bit more time, I could have finished it. But that's kind of my point. If you know anything about life, life is so fast. In fact, the Bible tells us it's like a wisp of smoke. It's here one second, gone the next. We don't have much time. And in life, we struggle the same way you did on that maze. You don't know which direction to go. And you keep ending up in these dead ends. And and there's just this, this stress of trying to make the right decision over and over. That's the way life is. There's all these decisions that bombard you. Okay, should I, if you're in college, like, should I go to this college or should I go to that college? If you're in, in high school, like, should I date this person or, or not? When you get older, should I buy this house or that house? Should I take this job or that job? Should I, should I buy the car or not? Do I need this or not? You, you, all these decisions constantly that are bombarding you that you don't know which direction to go. And it can be overwhelming. It's just like that maze. But wouldn't it be amazing if on this maze you had somebody who just handed you a sheet of paper that had the whole thing figured out for you? It tells you exactly when to go right, when to go left, when to go forward, when to go backward to make your way to the end. Man, you could get it done so much faster if you had someone helping you with a guide through the whole thing. Well, that's exactly what I believe the role of the Holy Spirit is in our lives. The Holy Spirit is designed to be a guide for us, to tell us when to go right, when to go left, when to go forward, when to go back, when to do this, when not to do that. The Bible calls him a helper and he's been given to us to show us how to live this life. In fact, at the very last of this sermon series through the Holy Spirit called the Spirit of Christmas, we're looking at how the Holy Spirit plays an incredibly important role in the Christmas story. We're gonna see that the Holy Spirit's dominant role is to be a guide. He is so important to the Christmas story as he's guiding the steps of the people through the story. In fact, there's one person we're gonna look at today. His name is Simeon. And he is often overlooked in the Christmas story, but I want to examine him today. He's in Luke chapter 2. So if you have your Bible, if you don't, don't worry, the words will be on your screen. But if you have it on your phone or you have a hard copy of your Bible, I want you to open it up to the book of Luke. I'm going to find chapter 2. We're going to be in verse 25. Now, as you're turning your Bibles to Luke 2, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what's already happened. If you were at the Christmas Eve service or you watched it online last night, then you know Jesus has been born. Praise God. He was put into a pesebre, a little manger. You had that whole story. You had the shepherds there because the angels made the angelic announcement. And here they are 
Jesus has been born, wild celebration. Just a little side note, the wise men aren't there. They don't make it for two more years, but all your manger scenes are wrong. But they're all, the shepherds and the angels are there. It's great, glorious scene. But then about 40 days later, it comes time for Mary and Joseph to take Jesus to Jerusalem, to the temple, so he can be consecrated. And when they go, they meet up with this, this unusual, unknown guy named Simeon. And you're going to see in his story how the Holy Spirit intersects with it. So let's pick it up, Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 25. It says this, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So here's this guy Simeon and he has the greatest blessing of all. He gets to see and hold the Messiah. It says in a little bit, or as you're reading on in verse 27, that he's going to come through the Spirit to the temple where he's going to get to hold the Lord's Christ. That word Christ, you think sometimes that's the last name of Jesus, like Jesus Christ, but that's not what that is. It's a Greek word that means the anointed one. There's a Hebrew word for that as well. It's Mashiach. It's what we call the Messiah, the anointed one. This is the one they had been waiting for for over 700 years, since Isaiah had prophesied in Isaiah 61 that there would be the Lord's anointed and he would, he would proclaim good news to the poor and liberty to the captives and freedom to the oppressed, this guy who would finally bring salvation to Israel after their centuries of oppression. And they had been waiting and waiting and waiting for the Mashiach, the, the, the Christ, the anointed one. And Simeon is told he's gonna get the blessing of getting to see him before he dies. Why? because the Holy Spirit had revealed to him. Now, now we, don't, we don't know much about Simeon. I mean, we know he's religious and devout, and we know that in verse 25, it says that he is, the, the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, there's a very interesting word right there that, that tells us a whole lot that you miss in the English translation. It's the word was. Now, you don't know what that means in English because it, it doesn't have the same emphasis that Greek would, but in Greek, there are different verb tenses. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get all geeky on, on Greek tenses right now, but it's important for you to understand why. There are two types of, of Greek past tense. You have the imperfect and you have the aorist. And you're going, I don't have a clue what that means. That's all right, you don't have to know what it means. But, but here's the significance. An aorist past tense verb is, is punctiliar. It's a point in time. So it means the Holy Spirit was upon him in that one moment. But the imperfect verb tense is an ongoing action, which means that the Holy Spirit would be upon him over and over. It was a continual state. And that's the verb tense. When it says the Holy Spirit was upon him, it means, that, it means that was his style of life. Over and over, he was constantly going to the Holy Spirit, listening to the Spirit, guided by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. It was the way he lived. And that's why in some time of prayer, we don't know exactly when, the Holy Spirit reveals to him that he's going to get to hold the Mashiach. He's going to get to see the one they've been waiting for for over 700 years. He's going to get that blessing. Now, here's what's unusual. He doesn't know when it's going to happen. He doesn't know where it's going to happen. He doesn't know how it's going to happen. He only knows that it's going to happen before he dies. But there comes a moment when the Holy Spirit, in verse 27, tells him to go to the temple. It says, and he came in the Spirit into the temple. That means that that morning, when he woke up, maybe in a time of prayer, the Spirit says, today's the day, Simeon. I want you to go into the temple in Jerusalem. 
The Spirit's guiding him. Now, he doesn't know who Jesus is. He doesn't know who Mary and Joseph. He wasn't there in Bethlehem when the angels are proclaiming his birth and the shepherds are there. He's got no clue who he is. Who he is. He just knows to go to the temple. So he goes to the temple. And then apparently at some point, doesn't say it in the text, he's there in the temple and the Holy Spirit says to him, walk up to that couple over there. That's the parents of the Messiah. And so he just listens to the Spirit, walks up to, to that couple. And apparently the Spirit says that child in their arms, that's the Messiah right there. Pick him up. You get to hold the Messiah. And the Spirit is just telling him, go right, go left, go there, go there. And he's just listening to the Spirit over and over and over. And that is what takes him to the Messiah. The Spirit is guiding his step each way, point by point by point. And that's where he reached the blessing. Did you know that's the role of the Holy Spirit? He's supposed to guide our steps real time when we're living life. In fact, you see that same thing just a couple of chapters later to Jesus. Now, this is about 30 years after this moment. But if you go over to Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it talks about how Jesus is being led by the Spirit. It says, Luke 4, 1, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. That means that during those 40 days he's in the wilderness, the Spirit says, go over here. So Jesus goes over there. And then the Spirit says, nope, go over there. So Jesus goes over there. And he's being guided step by step by the Spirit of God. That's how the Spirit works. He wants to guide our steps. And not just Jesus, not just Simeon, every single believer. In fact, if you were to go to the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul talks about this in chapter 5, our interaction with the Spirit. In verse 16, he talks about how we need to walk in the Spirit. And he explains in verse 18, that means to be led by the Spirit. But the, the most descriptive verse of all is verse 25. I want to read it for you. Galatians 5, 25. Listen to the way it talks about our interaction with the Spirit. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. I, I love the way that's phrased. Let, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That means we go where the Spirit's going, we walk where He's walking, and we walk at the rhythm with which He's walking. If He's going fast, we go fast. If he's going left, we go left because we're, we're keeping in step with the Spirit. He's guiding us moment by moment by moment. That's exactly what he was doing for Simeon. He was, Simeon was just walking in step with the Spirit. When the Spirit said, go to the temple, he went to the temple. When the Spirit says, go up to Mary and Joseph, he went up to Mary and Joseph. When the Spirit said, grab that baby, that's the Messiah. He grabbed that baby and he held the Messiah. And because he walked in step with the Spirit, think about the blessing that he got. He got to hold the Messiah that's why when he, he did that, he just erupted in praise. Oh God, you can take me now. I can die in peace because I have seen the salvation. I have seen the consolation of Israel, the one we've been waiting for for centuries. He got the biggest blessing of his life because he let the Spirit guide him. Listen, you have a maze that is so complicated called life. And you don't know whether to go right or to go left. You know where you want to get to. You know what blessing looks like. You don't know how to get there. Let me tell you how you get there. You let the Holy Spirit guide your steps. When the Spirit says go right, you go right. When the Spirit says stop, you stop. When the Spirit says charge ahead, you charge ahead. And when the Spirit guides your steps, that's how you arrive at the place of blessing. That's how you navigate this complicated maze called life. The Spirit wants to direct your steps. You just got to let them. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. You're going, okay, Jason, that sounds great. Thanks for that Christmas message. But how in the world do I let the Holy Spirit guide me? If we're being honest, you know, the way the Spirit interacts with our spirit, it, it, I hardly ever, I've never had a, a vocal, out loud voice of God telling me what to do. Maybe some people have, I've never. The number one way that I've had interaction with God through prayer is, is as the Lord speaks to me in my, my thoughts. And, and I, that seems really complicated. Like, how do we know what the Spirit is speaking to us? 
Okay, I'm, I'm so glad you asked that because I'm about to give you the best Christmas present you're gonna receive this year. Because it's a Christmas present you can open up every single morning for the rest of your life if you're willing to do it. The number one thing you need to learn how to do is to speak with God and not just speak at God. Most people, when they pray, they talk at God. Okay, God, I need you to do this. I need you to solve this. I have this problem. Oh, God, help me here. We tell God what all we need. And we go, all right, done. Drop the mic. I'm out. We talk at God. But so rarely do we actually stop and listen to God. But the whole time, the Spirit is trying to direct our steps and tell us what to do. We just have to learn how to listen to God. And you're going, okay, well, how do I do that, Jason? No one's ever taught me how. There are two primary ways to do it. The number one most important way is to read the Bible, the Word of God. It is the main tool by which the Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit inspired the Bible. They're they're words from Him. It is Him speaking to us. We can know that it is without doubt the Spirit of God speaking to us. So we just have to go to the Word of God over and over and over and let Him speak to us through His Word. That's why if you look in your packet, you were given this, this Bible reading plan. This thing is just to help you get into the Word of God. Now, I would love for you to, to go on the 365-day challenge to read the entire Bible in a year and to do it again and again and again. I've read the Bible dozens of times, and I'm going to keep on reading it because I keep learning new stuff. This is a way for you, though, to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Now, that, that may sound lofty, so there's a 90-day plan just to say, give it a try. Try it for 90 days and just evaluate. Do you, are, are you seeing God move more when you read the Bible for 90 days? Because I promise you, you'll see it more. This is a challenge for you to let the Holy Spirit speak to you through His Word. But listen, there's there some of you, many of you, you've read the Bible and you're going, okay, I, 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 I read it, but it's an ancient book. Like it doesn't tell me what job to take today. It doesn't tell me who to marry, what school to go to. Do I buy that or not? Like I, it doesn't answer my, my issues today. So how does the Spirit speak today? Again, I'm so glad you asked. That's the second thing I want to teach you. I want to teach you what's called listening prayer. Listening prayer is when you just say, oh God, take your word and apply it to my situation right now. What do you want me to do today with your word? And I found that probably the best tool I've ever used in my life for listening prayer is journaling. Very simple thing, just to sit and be still before God and not just talk at God, but to write out my prayers and then to listen to see what the Spirit is saying, how He's applying the Word of God to my day-to-day living. Now, as I've tried to lead people in the the art of journaling, what I've, I've often heard is, listen, I don't know where to start. Like, I've got a journal open and a pen, but I don't know what to write. So I gave you uh, this guide right here. It's a little bookmark, uh, English on one side, Spanish on the other. It says journaling guide. Just gives you five tips to begin journaling. It's really quick stuff. Gratitude, confession, listening, prayer needs, daily assignments. There's not a whole lot of information in this little note card. So we've also put in here just a sheet of paper that says journaling guide that has a lot more detail about this, fleshed out quite a bit more for you to know what it looks like for you to journal. Then at the bottom, there's a link to a video that I recorded that just kind of walks through some of the ins and outs of journaling just so that you can begin that discipline. And I think it would be a beautiful thing for you just to start and try. Start listening to the Spirit so you can discover His voice. Now, I know there are some of you too who are listening to this going, man, that sounds so subjective to me, Jason. Like, how do I know when I'm praying and listening and journaling that it's the Spirit's voice or just my own thoughts? Or how how do I know if it's not the enemy because he implants lies in us or just influences from others? How do I know it's actually the Spirit? Well, I anticipated that question, so I gave you this little piece of paper right here that that has five ways for you to test whatever that thought is against this rubric to see if it's of the Spirit or not. And journaling gives you a great chance to do that. Just five things. The most important one, does it agree with Scripture? And then, you know, a few others, does it, require, does it require you to be challenged? Does it require sacrifice? Does it require courage? Because the Spirit speaks to you and challenges you in those ways. 
And then last one, does it bring glory to Jesus or not? And these things, if you just go to this, will tell you if this is of the Spirit or not. Again, it's kind of a quick version right here. So we gave you this longer version that just has more detail in it for you to be able to discern, is this of the Spirit or not? And these are just tools that are supposed to help you learn how to listen to the Spirit of God. But the biggest challenge is just to say, God, I'm hungry enough to find out where that blessing comes from as I let you guide me. I'm so tired of hitting dead ends. I'm so tired of this complicated maze of life. I need your help. And when you stop and listen, the Spirit will guide you. It is His role. He is our helper that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. So I want to challenge you to do it. But listen, I, I want to tell every one of you listening to this, whether you have been in church a long time or this is the first time ever for you to listen to a Christian message, the one place the Holy Spirit will lead you to over and over and over again, I guarantee it, is to the feet of Jesus. That's where he led Simeon. He, he's working in Simeon's life to lead Simeon to see the Messiah, to see Jesus, because he knew that was the only thing that could bring peace to Simeon. And it is no different today. The only place you will find peace in your life is in Jesus Christ. He is the place. And, and so, so many of us, we don't have peace. We're so anxious. We've got panic attacks. We're stressed out. We're fearful. We're depressed. We're overwhelmed. We're angry. We're frustrated. We're exhausted. All these things welling over us. And we long for peace. That peace is found in Jesus Christ. And the Spirit will lead you to the feet of Jesus again and again. And what He'll lead you to is discover that you cannot live this life on your own. The only person that can make sense of this complicated maze is Jesus. And so listen, before you end 2022, if you're coming to a place where you're saying, I'm, I'm tired of being overwhelmed, I want the peace of God that surpasses understanding, let me tell you, it's found in faith in Jesus Christ. We would love to help you find faith in Christ. All you got to do is reach out to us. You can go to fuller.org connect and you'll find a way to reach out to us. It'll take you to a form. Where you can let us know that you're visiting. Where you can tell us if you have prayer needs, if you're interested in baptism. And, and you may go to the prayer need and just say, listen, I, I need prayer for X, Y, Z. We'll pray for you. We, we regularly gather together to pray. Or you may say, I'm ready to find Christ. I need help. I need peace. And a pastor will reach out to you and help you learn how to find the peace of Jesus Christ. It's just going to require the courage for you to take that step. That's where the Spirit is leading you. I guarantee it because he's leading you to Jesus. So I want you to take that step of faith. Last thing, and we'll be done. I know for every single one of us, when we are here on Christmas morning, celebrating the birth of Jesus, recognizing the Spirit guiding us to Jesus, the one thing we have to remember is that Jesus didn't stay a baby. 33 years later, he showed his purpose. He was born as a lamb to be slaughtered. From the very beginning, that was his destiny, to give up his body and his blood to be the means of salvation for everyone who believe in him. That's why I would love to finish this Christmas morning by remembering it to the Lord's Supper. So hopefully you had a chance to pick up one of the elements. I'd love for you to pull those out right now. Make sure every single one of the people in the room has it. If you don't, it's okay. You just listen to what I'm saying. But when you open the top part of this, this is a, a complicated little one. So you got to pull off that little film on top to grab this little piece of bread. It's a piece of unleavened bread. And what it does is it just reminds us that the body of Jesus Christ, that tender little baby, was born to be the lamb who was slaughtered so he could take away the sins of humanity. And when we take this, we're remembering the purpose of Jesus' birth. So take this, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, in remembrance of Christ. And then I want you to open up the cup. And as you open up the cup, be careful. I don't want it to spill all over you and your Christmas jammies. But when you, when you take the cup, you're remembering the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, here's the best part about it. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us on the inside so that we can have the Holy Spirit to guide us. He gave us the Holy Spirit, His own Spirit, through His blood. So when we take this cup, we're remembering why we can have the Holy Spirit. Let's take this in remembrance of Jesus.
Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for the promise of your Holy Spirit, for the promise of faith in Christ, for the promise of redemption. We just want to tell you, God, we love you this Christmas morning. We're grateful for Jesus. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.